this is Tanya Locks and you're listening to the Tanya Locks Show. I am so excited this morning because I have a very, very special co-host. That co-host is none other than my husband, Mr. Kevin Locks. Yes, he's going to be on here with me and we're going to talk about some marriage stuff, marriage problems that we had and was able to come through. Um, and some stuff we are still working on. So if you're interested and you have problems in your marriage, especially with emotional needs or emotional boundaries, stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. Good morning, Kevin. <laughs> Good morning, Tanya. How are you this morning? I'm good. Great. I'm so happy to have you as my co-host this morning. Are you happy to be here? Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm happy to be with you, baby. All right. Are you ready to keep it real? We're going to have an open conversation or a real conversation about emotional needs. How we depend on our spouses, spouses, specifically me. Yeah. How I depended on you to fill my emotional cup all the time. Yeah. That is what we're going to discuss. All right. Let's first tell the audience a little bit about us, how we met, that kind of stuff. So, what's your version? Well, you, know <laughs> you know there's two versions. Uh, we met in New Orleans. Um, met in New Orleans when I moved out there. Years and years ago, and I think chasing my uh, little music career, thinking we was going to be the next biggest thing, uh, <laughs> R&B group. I don't think people knew, know that about you. Um, so that's something new that you're telling about yourself. Yeah, man. We used to doo-wop a little bit back in the day, <laughs> a little doo-wop. And um, we was on that scene and trying to chase a little music dream and... And we thought that's why we went to New Orleans, and that didn't happen. And You and your roommate at the time. Me and my roommate, yeah. One of my uh, partners from back at home in Louisiana. And um, and thinking I was going there for one thing, and I think, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, God just led me there to meet you. So, yeah. Yeah. In yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, we, we started out working at a, what was it called? Schwagman. Schwagman. Grocery store. <laughs> Off of uh, Airline mm-hmm. Highway in New Orleans. I actually took three buses to get to that to that store. Three buses to get there. So, yeah, God had a plan that we had no clue about. Right, right. But anyway, so we got together and we started dating, that kind of stuff. And we dated for about a year and a half before we moved in together. You moved back home to New Iberia. <laughs> and this is where the story gets gets interesting because he moved back home to New Iberia and at the time we had we were not talking for a while because in New Orleans he was just a player, right? I mean like I was not a player. Yes, 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 you were. I wasn't a player. So he thought he Don't was Don't tell these people I was no player. <laughs> he was put a my player business back out there in, in the streets. And he thought he was a player, so he had me and some other girls that he was dating it, around with. And, and I, what that got and to I, do with emotional, I, I'm, like, 
because I'm trying to get to the point to where I moved to New Iberia after you left. So anyway, he um I I, I busted him with somebody and we what? stopped talking. Are you serious <laughs> right now? This is a different podcast, dude. We started I've been bamboozled. Did you put me on here to confront me out like no, that? No, no. It's going to tie into my story. So This ain't got nothing to do with emotional. But it does. This is going to tie me into being my a, story. Me trying to be a player ain't got nothing to do. Come on, man. All right. Let me just say this really quickly. So he got busted. And oh my we, <laughs> we moved to... Um, so we stopped talking for a little while. And then we started talking again. And... Um, so he 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 won me back by playing one of Brian McKnight's songs, hmm. and so we got back together. And can we speed this up? <laughs> yeah, we I got, mean, back, got back together. God. And so he um he was moving back to New Iberia, and when he moved back to New Iberia, I went there to visit him for you know a few times. And the last time I was there before moving there, he asked me to move there, and I said yes. Without a doubt, because one, I was ready to get out of New Orleans, and two, because I truly loved him. So we patched things over. He came to get me wait, after wait, asking wait. me to move there. Don't, and don't, um, don't lie the rest to your is history. You know I am not lying. <laughs> <laughs> Quit lying to your listeners. I am man. not lying. If you're going to tell them how you brought that black trash bag <laughs> from New Orleans <laughs> to the. You put all I did your, not have a suitcase. You put all your stuff in a black trash bag. In <laughs> a dresser. And followed me. No, I did not follow you. Come on, man. You, Tell you, keep it real. No, I thought this was a keep it real session. It is a keep it real session. You said, you asked me to move there. And I, I, I asked, asked you. you, I said, did you ask Helen? Was it okay? And you said, Helen said yes. So anyway, he drove to New Orleans one, <sighs> one morning. And I told him, I said, hurry up. Get there, bef- get there soon after my grandparents leave. I'll be ready to go because they were against me leaving. So I had my black trash bag and my uh, dresser drawer with four drawers. And he put it in the van and we took off to New Iberia. And the rest is history. We're here. We was out there like Queen and Slim, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we was on a run. We were on the run. So, yeah, that's a little bit about us. That's how we met and... We moved here to Dallas um, shortly after we were married. We got married in 2000, August of 2000. Kevin came here in, what, September of 2000? Got the life started for us out here. And um, tell your side. Tell, what, what, what did you do when you got here? Um, yeah, so I moved to <laughs> Dallas. Uh, moved with a, a cousin who was staying out here at the time. And it was, what, about four months that I was here, maybe by myself. Trying to get stuff situated, get a little job and stuff, and um, and get a little little apartment in the hood and everything. And, <laughs> we were in the hood. And uh, to try to build this beautiful life together. <laughs> While I was in the hood, you know, and then um, what? Four months, you came down, and mm-hmm. I was finishing up my uh, cosmetologist license back in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Where I was working at? I was working at Dillard's. Dillard's. Dillard's in, in the Parks Mall. In the Parks Mall is where you started. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I was doing that. We got a little apartment in Grand Prairie, um, Hunters Cove. And, uh, yeah, and then you came on down, and that was the first year that we were living together as a married couple. And um, it was the toughest year of it our lives. It was the toughest year of our lives. <clears throat> first of all, Kevin and I both come from um, unwed parents. 
So we both come from a broken home, which means that we both were very broken people, right? And so we didn't know what marriage, a good, healthy marriage looked like. We didn't have anybody that exampled that for us. So we didn't have a role model for healthy love, healthy relationships with each other. We just didn't have that. So we tried to figure our life on our own. And once we got married, that first year of marriage, it was rough. I mean, we divorce came came up in that first year of marriage. Honestly, one night I was packing up my car, my little, what's that? I had a 1999 Honda Civic that I was packing up, drive eight hours back to New Orleans. But um, we we talked about it and we stuck it through. We both had this, we just didn't know how to be there for each other. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough for sure. I came with a lot of emotional, ba- not just with my black bag that I had moving from New Orleans, <laughs> not just that baggage, but I came with a lot of emotional baggage. Like, not ha- I had daddy issues, mommy issues, self issues. I had all types of issues that I brought into our marriage. And it was a burden, right? Like, we got married so young. I was 24. You were 28. I don't think well, we were young. I was young. <laughs> you were 28. You you were old. So, um... I don't, I don't think we were young, but I think we were immature. Very, sure. very immature. So, what do you think, like, us getting married at that age, like... I think it was... I think it was... I think it was cool. We just... Um, it was just the union of two people who had um, similar but very different upbringings. Um, and like you said, you brought that you brought that big ass black bag that you had with all your clothes. <laughs> but you, you, I didn't know that you had some other bags with you that I didn't see. Uh, so you had some other baggage with you. And um, but then again, I had my own too. So mm-hmm. I think in that first year, and it's not like everybody was already didn't think we were going to make it anyway. No. So we had a lot of odds against us. Nobody had hope in in us. Nobody. And I think, and I think it was because of more of me. <laughs> Probably more than Kevin whatever, man. So it, it was, um, it was just a challenge. It was a challenge and stressful time for that first year because you know we both had baggage. Yeah. Um. So yeah. My um, my my dad and mom never married. Uh, I I left my mom's house at a young age to move in with my grandparents, and what I saw with them. My grandfather had, what, 18 children, three with my grandmother. (laughs) And so, what, 15 outside of his relationship or his marriage with my grandmother. And they both had separate lives. They went to church every Sunday. My grandfather was in the choir. He was a deacon. My grandmother was a deaconess. And she also did other stuff in, in the church. And they also took me to church. But my the home that I grew up in was so dysfunctional. My grandfather had his life with another woman. My grandmother had her life with another man. Sometimes my grandfather would come home. Sometimes he wouldn't. They didn't say I love you to each other. I never heard them fuss, but then I never heard them say I love you. So I grew up from the age of 10 until I moved out with, to to be with you, seeing that. So I had no idea what 
um, a life of of a healthy marriage looked like. So that really interrupted our marriage together. I mean, we were OMG. Just, we couldn't get it together for a while. Right? What did you see grow up, growing up? Um, I don't know, man. Since since my mom um, died when I was nine months, nine months, and my grandmother had to raise me, which was kind of similar to your situation. my mom was pretty young when she had me, so my grandmother was young, was young, because my grandmother had my daughter. I mean, my mom young at a young age. So, um, when my grandmother had to raise me, um, dad wasn't around. So, um, but your dad was like literally up the street. But yeah, not, he was up the street. Not in your life. Not in my life at all. Nah, not at all. So, I think being raised by my grandmother, uh, she was still young, having fun. So, really. My aunt, which is my actual mom's sister, played a big part in trying to help raise me. Uh, now, and being at, at the time, I was the only child, so it was a little it was a little different for me, for a boy, because I really had to learn things on my own, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't have a man that was present. So it was really trial and error for me growing up. So you know, it was it was it was a challenge, but at the same time, I think it was a lot of things that I missed not having a dad there and also truly not having a mom there because like I said my grandmother who had to raise me and then my aunt I mean they were very young so but they I just had so much time to just do whatever I wanted um and just not having a true true guidance there so um that played a big part in and I think what I brought into the the marriage later on and being an only child I didn't have to share anything it was all. Ooh. It was all for me. It was mine. <laughs> and then with you, you come. You had to share with about twenty brothers and sisters. Yes. So you had to live a life of sharing this and sharing that with everybody. And I didn't have to share nothing with nobody. So that first year, that played a big part. I mean, I was ready to put my name on the orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> on everything, he started the bed. Don't don't drink, drink my orange juice, fool. I mean everything. Yeah. So I grew up before moving in with my grandmother i grew up um my mom had 12 kids and i'm second to the oldest of the 12 kids so in the home at the time it was maybe like maybe eight of us and i grew up having to actually take care of them (laughs) um and also share everything a bedroom clothes i mean i shared everything so that was a huge part of me that was unselfish I mean, a very huge part of me. So going into my marriage with Kevin, I went into it with an unselfish part of me. Kevin, on the other hand, came into it with a very selfish part of him. And so at the time, we, we just clashed. We bumped heads because I, I, was given, I gave Kevin everything <clears throat> of me from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And everything I gave to him, he took and, never, and didn't give anything to me. Right? I mean, right. like, literally, I couldn't, if I drank something, you drank this? If I leave something, did why you leave this right here? If I, I, I mean, it was just, it was bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Because, you know, later on, it wasn't until years we realized it was because of our upbringing. Yes. That brought us so much uh, turmoil in the beginning and, and, and stress and frustrations. And at the time, you think it's, because most, I think most people look at the, the now. They just see the now. 
in, in, in a relationship, but they don't know the why or the how mm-hmm. or, or what happened way before you came into my life mm-hmm. that kind of shaped and molded me to the person that I am that you have to experience and live with now and put up with. Um, but a lot of it is just the, the way we were brought up, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we were dealing with. Yeah, we dealt with a lot of that. So, um, coming into our our relationship, marriage too, and I think I didn't. We didn't. For me, I didn't see it so much in our relationship, like just dating or engagement time. <clears throat> I saw it or experienced it more when we were married and pretty much on our own. But what I did was with you because I didn't have my father really present in my life because he was doing drugs. He was doing. Just he just wasn't present in my life, and so because I had my grandfather there, but again, my grandfather was off doing his own thing. He didn't have really time to teach me, show me how a man is supposed to treat a woman, and this, that, and the other. And I didn't have my mom there to show me how to be a woman and to show me how to have that self esteem and be okay being me without having to have someone. Um, validate who I am, right? And so my grandmother was there, but she couldn't do it because, again, she was out doing her own thing. So what how, What I learned on watching everybody or everything that was going on around me is that I needed to, I needed to latch on to something or someone, right? So when I got into the relationship with you and into our marriage, you were everything, for me, you were my daddy, your pastor, <laughs> my pastor, your man, my your boyfriend. boyfriend, my my girlfriend, like my female friend who I go to and talk to. He was everything. I had no friends at the time. I didn't want any friends. All I wanted was Kevin. All I want, I lashed on to this man <laughs> like a leash. Like I lashed on, I sucked the blood out of him. And um, <laughs> so I went to him and I, and I poured, I, I wanted him to fulfill my emotional cup, like all the time. I wanted him to be in my presence all the time. I wanted him to listen to me talk if I talked all the time. Like I was so, I was a mess. I was truly a mess. And I put a lot of pressure on you. And I can remember coming to you, um, what, maybe a few years ago, apologizing to you. For that, I mean, it literally took me, oh, years and years of before I realized what I was doing, actually doing to you. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I mean, so how did that make you feel? Like, what what was your experience when it I, came to me coming to you to fulfill that for me? It was overwhelming. It was it was very overwhelming because just like you had that deficiency in emotional needs and everything met I had um I didn't I had to hide my I didn't have to like I couldn't attach to my I couldn't get attached to my emotions that mm-hmm. much because I was a, trying to be a man a, for coming from a boy to a man and trying to grow up and, and figure out life on my own and at the time I had you know um my first two kids at a young age and so it was just a lot of things that I had to to figure out and nothing was I was I wasn't attached to anything though. Nothing was attached to me. I wasn't attached to anything. I was a lot more free just to figure stuff out, which was, you know, which is also not so great because I didn't have that guidance. But that freedom to just, you know, do what I did 
and just live life to now coming in a relationship where, you know, it's so much was expected of me um, to, to fulfill all those, you know, those little pocket holes that you needed filled. I just, it was overwhelming and it, I felt smothered and I felt it just kind of, I got kind of claustrophobic. Yeah, you know? I did smother you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially like even just with the, remember the affection portion, yeah. just like wanting to sit on me and touch me and kiss me and this and that, you know, like, give, was, a, give a brother some space, man. You know, yes. I was like, I was crazy. I used to shun you away a whole lot. I used to push you away. Yes. Um, which is interesting, which we'll, we'll come to that a little yeah, later. We'll what what happened later on mm-hmm. with that. But, but in the beginning, it was just very, very uh, overwhelming. And it just brought a lot of, a lot of frustration and stress um, to me, for sure. I, I think <clears throat> um, part of that, part of the affection um, is part of me, like who I am, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of my personality, my character. I'm just an affectionate person. But I think it came on even stronger because of my lack, right? And because I didn't want, I didn't want you to leave me, right? I needed, I needed to feel love. Like I, I've never felt love before. So I needed to feel what that felt like. So what I did was I gave it. I gave you what I wanted to receive. And, and and it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it does not. I don't care how much you love on a person. I don't care how much you give a person, do for a person. And you're doing it because you want them to do it for you. It's not going to happen. I later learned that I had to do those things for myself and be okay with that. And just accept what you give to me. And when I did that, you actually started, you know, doing just what I wanted you to do. But I couldn't make you do it at the time. So that played a a huge part in us not really connecting at the time as well. And uh, also, I think a reason why I lashed on so hard, too, is because really my daddy issues, you know, like I wanted I wanted to hear, hey, baby, how are you? Or, hey, baby, you know, just I, 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 I really looked for you to be my to make me good. To be my daddy, to care for me in many different ways that, you know, a dad would do. Like you do now for our daughters. I needed, that's the type of relationship that I was just craving. And so I lashed on to you because of those reasons. And it just wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy at all. And I used to get so, I can remember I was so frustrated with you. Because I'm loving on you, touching you, wanting to be with you, around you, and you stayed pushing me away. And I can remember thinking back at that time, and I don't know if I ever told you that I told you this, but I was like, I can't live my life like this. If this is how it's gonna be, I want out. I want a divorce. I do not wanna be with someone who's not gonna show me affection, who's not gonna love me, this, that, and the other. Now, not saying that your spouse shouldn't show you affection or love you, but not to the degree that I was expecting you to do it for me. And I think that's where some of the problem came in at, right? Well, I think it was, it was, it was also, uh, we were just so much on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You were very affectionate and I was, I didn't have any affection in me because I, I wasn't, I didn't get any affection. I wasn't shown affection myself. And a lot of the, the, the things that you needed was the things that 
I had to suppress and never even experience because I was trying to, I had, I had different problems than you. You were trying to be a woman with, you know, and fulfill your womanly needs as a daughter to a man or even a lover or whatever. And I was trying to be, you know, a young man trying to figure things out to go into be a man. And, and usually, you know, the, the whole idea is, you know, men, we don't get in touch with our, you know, mm-hmm. our emotional needs and our emotions. <clears throat> and so, so I didn't have all that, that soft, the soft, mushy stuff that you love and you was into and you were looking for. So we were just so opposite on the opposite ends of the spectrum. It just created even more issues because what you were truly desiring the most that was the very thing I valued the least, mm. you know? So it was, it was, it was a trying time in that regard. And I think that's what even kind of, um, just compound the whole issue mm-hmm. of what uh, issues that we were dealing with. So, and we had to eventually just find a balance in it all. So, so do you, do you feel like, um, your dad or not having a man, to help direct your steps or to show you really how to treat a woman. Do you think that played a big part in it? And also, how did you treat women before me? You know, like, how how did you, you know, how did you do that? How did you treat women before me? <laughs> so, we, we, we keeping it real, you say? You keeping it real? Yeah, we yeah, keeping it Yeah, yeah, so, okay, 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 okay. So, uh, <laughs> nah, man, I, you know what? The biggest thing, I didn't have a, a have, I didn't have that male, um, uh, role model in my life at all and the male the males that I was around they were just into women you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it was just and that's how you kind of transition into you know malehood or whatever you know it's just adulthood and being a man and it was it was through sex and women and you know so that that's the only that's the only thing I seen mm-hmm. that was the only thing I was around even when my, with my actual dad when when I would see him, I'll go visit him. I mean, I'll visit him one year. He with one woman. I'll visit him another year. as a different woman. And, you know, he, that's just the lifestyle he lives. But so because I didn't have that male uh, role model in my life, it definitely um, it definitely played a major role in how I treated uh, women. But the, 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 the thing I must say, I've never, at least I don't feel, I've never, ever, ever, did anything to actually disrespect women. I've had friends who who disrespect women, and that was never really one of my things. Call them out of their name, do different things. Even if you were, even if it was just, you know, whatever, let's just be real, sexual relationships, and it would say, I wouldn't call you a B or, you know what I'm saying? I didn't disrespect you. I, 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 that's why I think I was still cool and still friends with anyone that I uh, was any type of relationship with, you know, because it was just... Um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I treat them with respect, you know, um, now in terms of the, 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 the love and, 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 um, from the love aspect, <clears throat> I don't know if I really actually truly loved anyone, um, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like a, like I, like I love you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I've ever had that love. And I think I think when you and I, when I proposed to you, it was truly from a place of me knowing that I, I had never, and that came from you loving me and latching on and treating me the way that you did. I had never, ever, ever experienced that in my life before. 
in episode the, the two. The type of love that I The type of love that, that you gave me, you. yes, <clears throat> and showed me. I, and I felt it. That was the biggest thing. I felt that love. It was, it was present every day uh, that we were together. And I felt it. And, it. and it was so genuine and sincere to where that, I knew that was, that's what I wanted in my life forever. And that's what took it over the top for me and say, this is the woman I want to marry. Because no one has ever loved me like this before. I've had females who, you know, little relationships with girlfriends, whatever. You say you love each other. But the type of love that you showed me, it was a whole different kind of love. And it was, like I said, it was just, it, it, it pierced my soul and my, my, my heart. And it, and it made me say, like, this is what I want to feel. This is the person that I feel like I can trust. I felt like I can trust you. I felt like I could be vulnerable with you. Um, and even though we had our issues, the love was one thing that was never uh, a question, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that's what kind of... And that's funny because I, I, at some moments in our relationship and even marriage, I question your love for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And you know this, right? Mm-hmm. So I question your love for me because, because you... You just wasn't there. Right. Just like my daddy, he was there, but he was never really present. You were not... I didn't feel like you were actually present. Though we were living in the same household, mm-hmm. we were sleeping in the same bed, having sex with making connection, that kind of stuff. I ne- I, at moments, I didn't feel like you were present in my life. <clears throat> and um, another thing is that I, I used to wonder, like, how could you be this way after I've told you everything that I've been through, you know, with the molestation, the, uh, the, the, everything that I, I went through as a, as a kid and a young, 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 uh, teenager, we, I just expected you to be a whole lot different. And this is what women, I feel that women, um, can do better is that we go into relationships broken, right? And we expect for, our spouse, our husband or boyfriend to fulfill those needs, like to put the pieces together, to fix us. And that's, that's, that's going into the relationship all wrong. And I know there are so many women in relationship and marriages like this right now who are steady looking for their husbands to fulfill their emotional needs, their self-esteem um, needs, because I wanted you to do that for me as well. My self-esteem was very poorly in the very beginning and up until maybe a couple of years ago in our marriage, right? Um, your, your self-esteem was never, was nothing like when we first met. You used, you used to walk with your head down. I walked with my head down. All the time. And I'm like, man, pick your head up. Why, what, what you looking at? I think it was because of the trauma that I, that I had been through, right? As a, as a kid, I, I think that that's why. I mean, who's looking at me anyway? Who's paying attention to me anyway? Who's caring for me anyway? So I walked with my head down, you know? Um, but as far as the emotional need part, like what, as a man, what would you say to women coming from a man? What would you say to women about how we depend on you men for you out to fulfill our emotional need cut. What would you say? Like, what would you tell them if women only knew what? Um, I would say probably if women only knew, um, 
what their husband went through as a as a as a kid as well. But women have to be vulnerable enough to share that. There are not a lot of men out there who are willing to share what they have gone through as a kid or sure. as a teenager. Like there are still secrets that husbands are holding from women and you know, we don't know. We don't know how to break down that wall. You know, they and and maybe it's because the husband doesn't feel like he has a safe place within yep. his wife, and I think you felt that way before. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't feel like he have a safe place to share those things with his wife, so that's something that they can work on. Yeah, I, I think first of all, it's gonna be patience, cause cause men men has walls. You know, we have walls just like women. You know, we got those walls that you got to break through uh, of different things we've experienced. Uh, that we've kind of, you know, kind of pushed back and we just kind <coughs> of, excuse me, we just don't want to um, talk about those things. But I think for women, the most important thing is to create an environment where that will allow the man to slowly but surely become more vulnerable, create a safe space where he can, um, where he can really start to uh, break down those walls. I think most men... It's either going to be embarrassment. Uh, it's going to uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, where it's going to make maybe even make them feel insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, men deal with insecurity for sure. Yes. I've de- I've dealt with insecurity. Thank you for um, admitting that yeah. because a lot of men will not admit that they have insecurities. No, that's 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 a real thing, and um, and then also just just feeling less than a man. You know, um, it, it, man, it, it's crazy because. When you look at a union, you know, even in the Bible, when it says two becomes one, but lots of times that two become one thing, it doesn't really transcend. It doesn't really happen um, in a relationship, in a marriage, the way that it was intended to be. Um, Because when two become one, that means that I should be able to come to my wife. My wife should be able to come to me. And and we just feel so much love and trust uh, and vulnerability with one another where we should be able to express anything that we want to express mm-hmm. but that it doesn't happen that way especially for a man and we just we just hold on to stuff and we deal with stuff and then and what it does is it in return it affects our relationship because we hold it on to that stuff so men we still, we still got baggage you know that we hold on to but and that's why i think the very most important thing is for a woman a wife to uh try to be, try to best to create a a safe place space where uh the husband can kind of start to bring down break down those walls and, and, and be vulnerable because once once i became more vulnerable with you to express myself i think we had a breakthrough i think you begin to understand me a little bit more i begin to understand you a little bit more and then we were able to communicate and and, and i think it brought it brought um it brought resolve to a lot of the issues that we dealt with that we just didn't understand before. It's like, oh wow, I didn't un- I didn't know that that's what you dealt with. And I think relationships today, once again, back to what I said earlier, they deal with the now, not knowing how or what that their spouse went through early on in life before they even met. You know, and I think that's that's where a lot of stuff is. People are shaped and molded. You know, in their earlier earlier days, in their earlier when they're young. And that's mm-hmm. what they grow up to be, and that's their personality, and they carry that on into marriages. But most 
relationship, they don't deal with the past. They just deal with the, the now. Mm-hmm. I expect you to be this way, and I expect you to be what you don't understand. Because even with you, when you wanted all those me to fulfill all those needs, and you get frustrated because I wasn't fulfilling them, and you even mentioned, like you said, you like, you mean, like you couldn't deal with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the same time, I told you, how can I do something for you that I don't know how to do? Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to fulfill those needs. And, 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 that was, and that was the biggest like revelation, I think, in our, in our marriage. Because you just wanted me to do it. And I'm like, how can I do it? If I, I never experienced it myself. I don't know how to do it. I wasn't taught how to do it. And you want me to do this for you. And I'm like, I don't know how. So you was being frustrated with me. And I'm getting frustrated with you. And it just, it just brought about this tension between us. You know, and it, it was just a total, total um, misunderstanding and, and, and not realizing that, oh, my God, he truly don't know how to fulfill that mm-hmm. need. But yet I was still, you know, mm-hmm. being blamed for it or being, you know, held accountable to satisfy those needs. And it was something I just I couldn't relate to. I couldn't. Yeah. And, and we're going to come back to that part, too, because that is so true. That is when I like you said, that's when I gained gained my revelation um, to you not being able to do that for me. But I want to go back to the safe, the safe space. Yeah. So um, I can remember a time when we were talking and you may have shared something with me and I was like, I got kind of like all like, what? And just kind of didn't give you the response that you were probably looking for. And I think that kind of shut you down for a while. Because I didn't provide that safe space for you. Um, and I can remember you telling me, well, I can't talk to you and I can't tell you nothing because, you know, you're not going to receive it. You're going to judge me. You're going to do this, that, and the other. And I think a lot of that had, a lot of that was, you know, immaturity on my part at the same time. And just not being, and, and as as spouses, as husband and wives, we have to learn how to be open to receiving what it is that our spouse have to say. And we have to do it with an open mind. Because when you have somebody that your wife or your spouse come to you that say, you know, can we talk? Or I need to tell you something. Or I need to, we just immediately like just tense up because we don't know what's coming. But we have to learn how to be receptive and open and understanding and do it all without judgment. And I think when I learned how to do that, you became more open. I think you found that I was really a safe space for you and not, you know, not, not your enemy, not someone who was going to judge you for what happened. There are a lot of men, I believe, out there, and I'm, there are a whole bunch of examples, but I'm going to give one, that have been molested, right, as a boy. But they refuse to tell their spouses this because they don't want their spouse to have this negative um, outlook on who they are or begin to dissect them, you know, their relationships and like, oh, no wonder he's this or no wonder he do that or no wonder whatever, whatever the situation may be. And that spouse is, is yearning to tell his wife what's going on or what has happened to him, but he can't because it's not a safe space. Women, wives, we must provide a safe space for our husbands to, to talk to us. Um, that it is very, very important. And, and husbands, you have to do the same thing, but I know as far as me, women, I know that I had 
I had to learn how to do that for you. Mm. And once I learned how to do that for you, then I think it made our conversations a little bit more easier um, yeah. to yeah. have. Yeah, it did. Right. It it brings you closer though, you know. I think it it brought us closer, um, and I think the biggest thing for me was to always try uh, to talk and expose anything in our past that has you know shamed us in any kind of way or just made us feel a certain kind of way, and just be able to create a safe space within us to be able to talk about that stuff because because if we don't talk about it and we hold on to it. Um, it, it will continue to show up somewhere in our marriage mm-hmm. and become an issue. But once we talk about it, you know, and it kind of like to say, expose the devil, expose your sin, call it what it is, you know what I'm saying? And then the devil will flee. It's kind of like one of those things. And I think it's the same, same idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Talk about it, say what you have to say, and then it's not something that you have to continue to hold on anymore, you know, and deal with uh, alone, you know? Yeah, because we've all been through shameful things in our past, you know. And if we can't share those things with our spouses, then who else can we share it with? You know, um, our spouse is supposed to be the person that we are the closest to. Not, not, not the one who we put everything on, you know, like I did with Kevin, but the closest to, right? Yeah. What a, I said I was coming back to something. What was that? Uh, how we how we got over it? How we how we got over which part? I have a lot going through my mind on this. Um, um. Okay. So, moving forward, um, we've been through uh, some things in our marriage. We've been married what twenty twenty years. It'll be twenty years this year. Yeah. And you cannot get to 20 years of marriage and not go through anything, not having the boat rocked, not drown, you almost drowning, not with your back being up against the wall and stuff like that. So we've been through a lot of things that have, I'm not going to say a lot, but a few things that have tested our marriage. And um, it's nobody but God. There are times, like we said earlier, we wanted to, you know, divorce because of the the hardships that we had in our marriage and but God kept us through it through it all right yeah I mean um we if you don't have God in your marriage your marriage is just doomed it is really doomed um but I I just want to say that do you have any questions for me right now like do you want to that I that men should like know um, any questions for you? Nah, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just here, just hanging out with you. <laughs> I'm just chilling. Yeah, you are chilling in your very white voice. Well, you know, man, I just woke up. You wanted to do this this morning, man. <laughs> I prepared you last night, though. Yeah. I prepared you. Um, Shh. what? Nothing, go ahead. What you about to say? Nothing. Okay. So... I can't remember the thing that I wanted to come back on. Um, but anyway, I, I, I look to Kevin to fulfill my emotional needs. I look to him to make me happy, right? And, oh, I, this is what it was. That came to a halt, right? I got my revelation when I realized that you could not give to me what I was asking from you because you didn't know how. 
I used to question, do he not do it because he don't want to? Or do he not do it because he don't know how? And I used to think you didn't do it because you just didn't want to do it. That's that's what my mind, you know, wanted me to think. But then I later realized that you just didn't know how to do it. Right. And I started looking back on your upbringing and the examples that you had in your life, and you really didn't have any. But then I thought, well, there are a lot of resources out there. Why can't he just go to the Internet, talk to somebody, this, that, and the other? And what? No, that's the problem right there, man. You can't just be... <laughs> see? See? That right there? You, you, once again, you you had those expectations of me mm-hmm. to do things the way that you felt I should have did it. Mm-hmm. And that just, mm-hmm. that just, it just don't work like that. Mm-hmm. You, you go into research, you, you, you go into self love to retreat by yourself and self <laughs> you know, worth and all that for a few months. And, and men, we just deal with stuff differently. And I think that was another frustration part of it. Cause a lot of the things that you felt I should have, could have, was, you know, uh, should have been doing, you had a way that you felt I should be doing it, mm-hmm. and it just I don't I don't that's not how I flow. I don't operate like that. Mm-hmm. For me to get to that place, <clears throat> you know, that's something that either I had to uh, deal within within myself, go to God, and find a way that to kind of uh, get me into in, in balance with what in in tune into what you needed from me. But that was that was a maturity part on you know for me that I had to grow into and understand, and then. The big, the, the biggest thing is it, I, I think for most people is we always looking at the other person, mm-hmm. what they should be doing, what they should be doing, how he he should be doing this or she should be doing that. And the truth of the matter is, you should just work on yourself. I think more than anything, I think you did it after a point. I did. You just started praying for me, and, and you stopped trying to change me. Mm-hmm. And when you stopped trying to change me and just prayed for me, I think that's when thing that's when it kind of happened, shifting. right? Mm-hmm. And because the more you tried to change me yourself, it was frustrating, mm-hmm. and it it would just piss me off, and we get mad, and this mm-hmm. and that, and we wasn't getting nowhere. But the moment you just let go and let God, and then I was able to kind of you know um, find my 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 pace and my rhythm and my flow, and and start to understand. And just to back up a little bit, I had to want to make that change for our marriage. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, really want it. Because um, a lot of people, they, you know, they, I think, um, they want to change, they want to change, but they don't want to, they don't want, they may not actually want um, to make them change themselves mm-hmm. to see the change that mm-hmm. they want. So, you know, and I think I, I really wanted to change. I wanted to change for us. I wanted it to be better. Um, and I think everything that we went through, uh, we wouldn't have made it this far if we both would not have wanted the marriage to work. Yeah. Because we both wanted it to work, we was willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, I had to do the work on myself. Yes. I did. Yes, Lord. Be- <laughs> because I, my expectation, my expectation were very high of you. Yep. Um, what I wanted from you, but and so I did. I did the work, and we're gonna wrap this up. But I did the work. Uh, a couple, a few years ago, and I literally went through a, a, a year worth of transformation. And when I tell you, it was not easy. It was not easy at all because I, I wanted to fall back on the things that I was used to and that I knew, right, to do. But I had to make a change in order for me to be better and feel better about myself. I had to go through this, through this transformation. 
So I was wanting you to love me in a way that you could not love me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I had to search, how can I, I, I tried to make you do this, but I started to search, how can I find that love within myself and not expect it from Kevin and let him love me the way that he, that you should, I mean, love me the way that you know how to love me. Mm-hmm. So I started researching, I, I was listening to, what was I watching? <laughs> uh, Super Soul Sunday. Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, Oprah telling me I got you all bucked <laughs> up over here. No, but she actually helped me. She asked her story actually helped me. I read my Bible. I read books. I searched the internet. I searched far and high to, to help myself. And what I realized and what helped me is that when I realized that the things that I wanted from you, I had to give myself, there were, there, I used to ask you, text me sometimes. Text me. Let me know you love me. Just say hello or call me or this, that, and that. Do this. Buy me a gift. Take me out. Blah, blah, blah. I just used to, I used to come at you with fire. And, um, and then once, one day out through my research and prayer and stuff like that, I, I came to the conclusion that, you know what? He's loving me the best way he know how. He loved me by taking my car to get it fixed. He loved me by keeping my oil changed. He loved me by going out to work and providing for his family. He loved me by coming home every night, you know, sleeping in the bed with me and this, that, and the other. He loved me in all these kind of ways, and I couldn't even see it. Couldn't even appreciate it, brother. I couldn't I'm even appreciate it. I'm giving you the best it. that I got. <laughs> <laughs> giving you the best that I got that I know how to do. That, that you know how to do. Yep. And when I realized that, and another thing that I realized is that God's love for me is unconditional and is faithful. It is faithful. No matter what I do, no, no matter in what condition I do it in, God's love never change for me. And when I realized that my life I, it changed. I took the weight off myself. I took the weight off you. I was happier. Because I no longer depended on you to fulfill my emotional needs in all those ways. Not that your your spouse aren't supposed to love you, but they're not supposed to fulfill those needs that, you know, that you are expecting them to do. Because what happens when, you know, you you need to be, your needs need to be met emotionally. Mm-hmm. It can't be met if you're tending to my needs 100% of the time. So when I realized that I took that pressure off of you, hasn't it been great since I've done that? Mm-hmm. Like my self-esteem shot up. Like I, I walk with confidence now. But I had to go through that. And it took, what, 15 years of marriage? Yeah, it took you too long, though. You should have <laughs> got there a little quicker, though, man. <laughs> Gave me a lot of stress, frustration. Hey, wait, you played the part in this too now. I'm just saying. You played the part in this too, but women, please do not go into your marriage. If you're engaged, you're about to get married. If you're married, take the pressure, not just off your husband, but off of yourself and begin to make the transformation yourself. Begin to change you. Once you let go of trying to change your husband, oh my God, he's going to come around and you said you was going to come back to that point. Once I once I begin to take the take the pressure of you, not looking for you to be so affectionate toward me, this, that, and the other, it actually changed you. What happened once that once I stopped? Well, you actually like pushed me away. <laughs> you pushed me away, so it stopped really quickly. Like what happened when that happened? 
Well, you know what happened, <laughs> but but uh, I think the affection that you, uh, the public affection, and always hugging me, kissing me, hanging on me, leaning on me, it was too much back in the day um, because I just didn't, you know, I just wasn't used to that. But as the years went on, and as we both matured and got, um, you know, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, um, then I started to actually miss that affection and the hugs and the kiss and stuff like that. So it, it, I started to kind of yearn for it uh, a little bit. Um, it didn't have to be as much as it was in the beginning, <laughs> but still just a little bit more affection uh, is what I was actually, um, what was one of the things I needed and mm-hmm. wanted from you uh, because you had stopped because I had pushed you away for so long. And you didn't realize you needed it. And I didn't realize I needed it um, because I never had it before. So and it was it was something that I, I really started to um to value and, and look forward to. Mm-hmm. And um and we you know, we have it all there now, but for a minute I kinda missed it and I wanted it more. But yeah. Yeah, and so Kevin and I we are not perfect, right? Nope. We still are working on things, we still have our disagreements, you know, we still we still working. It's a work in progress every single day. We're still learning. Um, but I think we've learned how to balance things out with each other. He doesn't have the weight of me pressuring him anymore. And I don't have the weight of me pressuring him anymore. Um, but there is this, this, this fake reality that men and women who find their spouse think that they are supposed to complete them. And that's what I wanted Kevin to do for me. I wanted him to complete me. I wanted him to fix me. But I realized later on that that was a really false idea and a really false reality to put on somebody. Um, The idea of being someone's everything on, you know, and and to, to put that on them is, in my opinion, opinion, like my kids would correct us, um, it's unhealthy. It's an unhealthy expectation. Even if your spouse is, is your best friend, you still can't expect um, your spouse to be the one and only um, for emotional support. You just can't do that. So I have my friends that I talk to, um, and sometimes we talk about our emotion. You know, I can, I can vent to my friends um, my, uh, just one or two friends that I really vent to about my emotional stuff so that, that I don't bring it all to Kevin. You know, I'm learning how to balance those things out. So there are no man, there are, there's no woman that's going to complete you or make you whole. You have to learn how to do that for yourself. Change is not easy. It is hard, but it is so worth it. Am I right? Yeah. It is so worth it. Any last words you want to say? Uh, no, I, I just appreciate you. Thanks for inviting me um, to the podcast. I think it's uh, we went through quite a few things, and, and, and hopefully someone can get some value out of it, some mm-hmm. of the things that we've learned along the way. Um, I love connecting with other couples and, and just continuing to learn and see the different struggles and trials that other people go through because uh, it lets you know that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, you're not the only one going through those things. So, um, so hopefully this was um, helpful to somebody out there. But um, and but we'll we'll come back again. 
and we'll we'll share some more because we have a twenty years. We have a lot to share, right? Yeah. So maybe, we'll, maybe, maybe we could talk about my needs. Yeah, we could hey, talk about your needs. My needs. Mm. Mm. You, we she, know what that is, you ladies. Sex. Did, did she fulfill my mm. needs? How she couldn't fulfill my needs? Mm. Mm. Sex. Suck you already suck. know what that is. Why I gotta be that? Because that's what it is. No, yeah. y'all don't judge me. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Putting that expectation oh. on me. <laughs> Oh, you know I bet about. the next time we talk, it's gonna sex no, it is gonna, gonna be, be the biggest topic. You just watch. Sex is not, you know, what it's all about. Okay, well, I'm not giving you enough for like a week, girl. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to end with this, and you can find this in Ephesians: "Is husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her." I want to leave you with a quote. The best way to find love, ladies and men, is to find God. Do you agree, sir? I agree. Absolutely. So if you have any questions, if this has touched you in any way, please shoot us questions. We'd love to answer them. Share it with people. Download it. Follow. Um, We're going to come back with more, I promise you. And I think this next topic, we will talk about sex because... I think some people have a, um, what's what I want to say, an expectation about sex too. And I think men, more men have this expectation than women, than women does. So we'll see. I have a lot to talk. I have a lot to say about this. What, sex? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a lot to say too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love you, Kevin. And love thank you, you guys for listening. Thank you so much for listening.